The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to another episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on today's episode of the podcast, I am joined by Wayne Ferret himself to give another NFL recap. But of course, we have the NFL Super Bowl recap on today's episode of the podcast. Wayne, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm glad we're uh, finally in the off season. And uh, how about Tom Brady, right, in those Buccaneers? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know you're going to give me some, uh, you know, some no, no slack at all given today. It's a better way to say it, just because <laughs> I was dead wrong on those Chiefs um, and my Super Bowl predictions going in. But man, I'm curious to see how do you, how do you feel about being right on your prediction here that the Buccaneers would would win whenever the Chiefs were already getting, you know, getting everyone was given the win and three points. Yeah, I mean, so the way I looked at it is this. It's like Tom Brady preparing for a championship game. And he's done it so many times throughout his career. He's come up big. He's come up short. And a lot. He hasn't come up short in all of them. But very few of them he's come up short. Like, he knew what he was doing. You know, he kicked his wife and kids out last week and, like, really focused in on the game. And, you know, to be completely frank with you, I mean, that looked like the New England Patriots, like, offense that they ran during the Super Bowl, like focus heavily on the run. And, you know, Brady just made his pass when he had to like, listen, Tom Brady still has at the age of 43 years young. And I know everyone said, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes is great. Patrick Mahomes is the next big thing. Patrick Mahomes is this. He's great. And I'm not taking that away. I'm not discrediting that. Like he's, he's had a really good start to his NFL career, but I just think people got a little bit out of hand with, you know, thinking that, and I know I'm going to get a lot of slack from this, and we can have a conversation about it if you want, that Andy Reid can still win big games. The guy won one big game finally, and everyone said it's it. He's never going to lose another big game again. Now, obviously not to discredit what Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay game plan phenomenal. They focused heavily on the run. And like I said, they just made sure they moved the ball down the field. And I was like, I couldn't believe I was watching Brady to Gronk. Like, it looked like vintage Brady to Gronk right there. And that was like, it was so fun to watch. Uh, there was a guy I was with that actually bet on uh, Gronk to score the first touchdown in the, the Super Bowl. And it was like plus 4,500. So like he got a nice little payout on that on a hundred dollar bet. But I mean, it was just such an amazing thing to watch. Like you're literally watching the GOAT, the GOAT team athlete. If that makes sense. The greatest of all time team athlete. You can have the conversation about Michael Jordan and everything you want, but like we're talking about a team and putting together everything to make it work. Like Tom Brady is at the top of that list. And I will have that conversation with anybody that wants to have it. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was, like I said, the being able to be in your home environment and go to sleep in your own bed and wake up, eat your own breakfast, not have to set an alarm. You know, you're not too far from the stadium. It's like, it was business as usual. And like that played a really big part in my prediction. I just didn't expect the chiefs to not, have a game plan. I don't know how big of a deal this Britt Reed thing is. Um, Andy Reed's son who got in a car accident. And I guess, you know, prayer is for the little girl um, that's still in the hospital. I and mean, you know, she's in intensive care, but I don't know how much that distracted them, but it, it literally looked like that offensive line was just not prepared, you know, and Mahomes is running for his life. I mean, that, that was just my whole takeaway from it. Um, Overall, I mean, Patrick Mahomes did all he could possibly do. I mean, that's just the reality of things when a good defense, you know, shuts you down and makes you one-dimensional. They fell fell behind quick early, if that makes sense. Like, super early in the game, they fell behind. And it was, like, 21 to, what, six at halftime? Like, I, and, like, you're one-dimensional. You're in the last game of the year, you got to give your all. Like, you know you're one-dimensional. And as the Buccaneers defense, like, you know, okay, cool, they're going to pass the football. They're going to throw the ball. And it's like, I felt like I was watching the Andy Reid, and you guys can give me all the crap you want about this, of the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't run the football. The whole game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was very efficient on the ground. Nine carries, 64 yards. That's it. Then you had five from Mahomes running for his life. And then Darrell Williams had two guys. Then he ran the ball with their running backs 11 times. Now you move it over to look at Tampa Bay. You're looking at 28 times. Let's do the math there. 
It's called balance versus unbalance. And when you're too one-dimensional, you get shut down. Now, the bright spot was Travis Kelsey. Again, we have this conversation every single week. We can have a conversation that maybe he is the best tight end in football if you really want to go there because, like, for some reason, no one can cover the guy. Um, he was, like I said, the only real bright spot from that cheap Super Bowl. And I think this is a big point in Patrick Mahomes' life moving forward. You know, he, he knows rejection now. He was on top of the world. He got it. He got his fat contract. He's married. He's going to have a kid soon with his wife. And now he's brought back down to normal. He's not the champ anymore. You know, now he has to look at Tom Brady over there going, wow, like I still can't beat that guy when it comes to the playoff games. And how is he going to respond? Because you, like I said, we talked about this last week, the Chiefs cap situation. Are they really going to get back there? If I had been on it, no, they're not. I think they're going to start taking a step back because you got to watch out now. And that AFC West, and like you laugh at it when I say this, but Justin Herbert's only going to get better. Like he's not going to get worse. Like he was really good his rookie year. He's going to get a lot better now, especially with this new coach. I think they're going to focus on the offense around him. Well, and the Chargers are going to get healthier on defense, and the Broncos. Exactly. The Broncos' latest thing, which we'll talk about much later in the podcast too, is they're rumored to be possibly in the mix for Deshaun Watson. So that AFC West is not getting any easier at all. And I did a podcast last night, actually, with my dad and little brother. My dad had a great point. The NFC, for all the intents and purposes, we know this is NFC East fans. It was a very tight and close division, but it was because no one was winning the division. And the rest of the divisions, you look around, okay, the Packers will probably be tough, you know, year in, year out. Okay, I'll, I'll give them that one, whatever. But, man, the, the, AFC, the AFC West itself, I think, is going to be tough for Mahomes every single year. The NFC is always going to be tough too, but I mean, who else is in the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, who else is in the Bucks bracket here? Who else is in there? I mean, in their division itself, you got the Saints, who Drew Brees retiring. Who knows what they'll do at quarterback next year? And then Panthers were rumored to be trade for Matt Stafford. So they're not Sunday Bridgewater. They have the eighth overall pick now. Granted, yes, they have McCaffrey and you know yada yada all type of stuff too. But I think it's much easier for the Bucks just to look back and go. All right, yeah, let's just try to run it back and go back for another Super Bowl because, okay, can you get past Mahomes in the Super Bowl? Yeah, all right, well, you had enough confidence to beat Rodgers. You had enough confidence to beat you know, Taylor Henneke, you know, Tyler Henneke, excuse me, Taylor Henneke. And, man, at the end of the day, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this a couple of things. One, yeah, the Chiefs did not. Did not run the ball a lot. I mean, total amount of plays ran and ran Super Bowl. The Chiefs had six more plays ran. They had 10 more yards. They had the same amount of drives. They had 3.3 less yards per play. In passing, the Chiefs had more yards. You know, I mean, just, just period more yards. But they had, like, almost 50 more yards is a better way to say it here. But at the end of the day, we're looking at it, and I go, yeah, you know, Wayne, because... Mahomes and Grant, when you're down when you're down a football game, you cannot keep running the football. The clock's gonna run out. But we're talking about the Chiefs the Chiefs were down at, at halftime three to fourteen. It wasn't three to twenty one or three to twenty eight. You know, it's three to fourteen. So let's pump the brakes a little bit on they couldn't decide to run the ball a little bit because Mahomes threw the ball forty nine times. Brady threw it twenty nine. And on the other side of it, rushing wise, rushing attempts. The Bucs, yeah, they have 33. Yeah, they're going to bleed the clock, all type of stuff, whatever. But the Chiefs have 17. So, and the Chiefs had yards per, your, your, their yards per attempt is 6.3 yards per rush. So it doesn't include Patrick Mahomes getting sacked for as many times as he did. But, man, um, that that's just that's just tough for me to believe that the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown this year, Bowl, to be honest with you. This is a team that I don't want to give, like, the biggest you know, biggest, hey, you know what? I just thought they were going to be world beaters. I didn't think it'd be a game. I thought it'd be a game. I thought it'd be close. I thought about the three-point score was accurate. I forget exactly what I gave out as my prediction, but I think it was something like 31-28 or 28-21 or somewhere there was a score difference, you know, for the Super Bowl. And I really am just very, very surprised that you look at all the stats, you look at everything all together. The only stats that I really even want to go, hey, you know what? What the heck is the penalties? But but hey, you know what? The Chiefs, the Chiefs were being flagged for penalties that were there. It wasn't for phantom penalties, so I, I can't say too much about the penalties either. Because in the day, I mean, Chiefs went down and were in the red zone, and they capitalized on zero out of the three times they're in the red zone. They kicked a field goal all three times. The Buccaneers, three out of the five times they're in the red zone, they scored touchdown, and the other two times, I believe, 
They might have had a, a you know, yeah, they got stood up on one, and then they kicked a field goal on another one, excuse me. So, and then they had another touchdown where they didn't even enter the run zone to, for a score 31. I'm just still very, very impressed with how the Bucks looked, to be honest with you. That's... That's what kills me is the Chiefs defense wasn't world beaters the whole season, but they the Chiefs we could we could talk about this team at the end of the day have been a whole played this whole season and have been fifteen and one. You know, if they if they don't sit their their starters in that week seventeen game against the Chargers, they way win and we're talking about a one loss team going to the Super Bowl. You know, and we're going, Oh my gosh, is this one of the greatest Chiefs? you know, teams ever. It's just one of the greatest teams ever because they only had one loss. They would have only had one loss in this circumstance that I'm presenting. And so instead, they only have two losses. Is this one of the best teams we've seen play the regular regular season? Eh, kind of, kind of not. But I was, in our in our segment that we did frequently throughout the season, every single week, winners and losers, I was giving the Chiefs a bunch of these, I think they're winners, even they're playing close games, but it was because the defense was winning them games, like against the Dolphins, or the defense has helped them keep in it. Or Mahomes wouldn't have the greatest game in the entire world, but the Chiefs would still find a way to pull it out rushing-wise, whatever it was. And Todd Bowles and that defense for the Buccaneers, I'll give him a ton of credit. Because they figure out how to get to Patrick Mahomes with only three or four guys every single play, it seemed. I mean, the, the craziest stat of the whole entire Super Bowl is that Mahomes ran for 490-plus yards behind the line of scrimmage during the Super Bowl. I mean, just out there, backpedaling around, going side to side, running all over the place trying to find a guy open. And, of course, his his best pass of the entire night, which I'm going to have my uh, my one OU, this, you know, disclaimer to everyone, if you're an OU fan, you're going to hate this take. But my one my one thing I noticed is that Mahomes throws a pass to keep try to keep the Chiefs in the game. It's fourth down, I believe, and he throws a pass, and when he launches it, he's almost horizontal. And I think there's several images that show he's basically horizontal when he's, like, launching the football. And, of course, it doesn't just hit the Chiefs player in the hands. It goes through his hands and hits him right in the helmet. Because of Damian Williams with with the Chiefs and a uh, former former Oklahoma running back uh, just could not do anything when it hit him in the face mask. I don't know if he wasn't expecting him to go that fast or what the heck the deal was, but man, that would have been a, at least a little bit helpful with the Chiefs. I forget exactly when that happened in the game, but I think it was in the third quarter. So game wasn't out of reach then by any point, especially for the Chiefs. It never really is out of reach when you're the Chiefs anyways. They they could not figure it out. They could not figure it out on offense. I don't know when the last time Patrick Mahomes hasn't scored a touchdown in a game is. That would be, that's some stat that I wish I looked up a little bit more. But it, it's bizarre to me that Mahomes actually had an entire game in the Super Bowl on the biggest stage where he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. And my whole thing with, Again, like we're going back to the whole Patrick Mahomes thing. Like, how is he going to respond to this? Like, everyone expects this guy to come back and, you know, be who he was this year. And rightfully so, they should. I'm, I have a running joke now, you know, and, and a lot of Eagles fans don't like this. Oh, Mahomes had one bad game. Time to trade him. He'll never be the same. He'll never be the same quarterback again. Time to run him out of town. Right. It's all about how he's like got knocked down and gets back up. I know I made this comparison in the last podcast with you. That it's very similar to Russell Wilson, in my opinion. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Remember, they beat the Broncos, and then the following year, played the Patriots, right? And then they, he threw that pick on the one-yard line, and then what happened? He hasn't gotten back since there. Like, since that moment, he has not gotten back. Yeah, the Seahawks have been good. Yeah, they've gotten to the playoffs. Yeah, they've, like, done their thing. But they just can't get back to that level. And now you're, like I said, you're progressing into year and a year. You're, you're losing money. I know the NFL lost some money. Uh, this offseason, the salary cap shrinks $3 million, which is not good for a lot of teams. And we'll talk about that as we get further on in the podcast. But I think it's going to be tough for them to get uh, to get all the way back there. I mean, if you want me to be up front with you, I think, I think the pick right now for Super Bowl next year is, and I, I hope I'm not jinxing this team, is I like the Browns next year. That's a team that's young. They didn't pay their quarterback yet. They have a really young, like a good wide receiver core. They're getting Odell Beckham back. Their defense is young. You know, the only big player paid on their defense is Miles Garrett and I mean, I look at that Chiefs team and, like, don't forget, like, Bill Belichick's still with the Patriots. Like, they're going to get back in the playoffs somehow, some way. And that, like, brings, like, I just don't know if they're going to get back there next year. Um, now, like, they could prove me wrong. I mean, well, you know, it is, you know, early February. Right now we're having this conversation. They can make some moves over the offseason. But it's going to get to a point where people are going to want more money. I mean, 
Yeah, I know Le'Veon Bell didn't do much this year with them, but you know he's gonna be, he's not gonna be back there next year. You know, you look at their team, like you know, are, are they gonna get um who was the guy who opted out this year? Their running back. He was a Super Bowl hero the year before. I can't even remember the guy's name. Is it Damian Williams? That's his name. Yeah, the Damian the, Williams the, was the guy for OU who who just had the pass go through his hands. Hang on a second, let me maybe maybe that is and I got it mixed up, but let me look it up here real quick. Yeah, so I mean he'll be back next year. Right? He opted out. But also you gotta look over like the other side, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you know, Fournette's not gonna be the Fournette's gonna be a very rich man. Uh there's gonna be a team out there that pays him, and I personally think Buffalo would be the best spot for him. Um they really need a running back up there, and I think it would be perfect for him to rejuvenate his career and be competing at a top level again. But again, with the Buccaneers, we've seen a lot of times, even when he was with the Patriots, Tom Brady is able to keep these guys on cheap contracts because just in fact, he just wants to win. And I just, again, I know I'm getting a little off topic here, but I think it's going to be tough for Patrick Mahomes to have another 14 and two season next year and be top of the AFC and be in cruise control. So like, I don't know. Like I said, I, we, we talked about the AFC West earlier. I mean, there's other teams in the AFC that are going to start getting better. I mean, it's really, like I said, that, that AFC North is very up in the air as well, too. So, I don't know. It should be interesting. This offseason is going to be like anything else before I flip it over into like offseason talk. Uh, do you have any more comments on the Super Bowl before we jump in? So, I have, I have a correction here. For correction on the podcast, live correction, though. Instead of post post production, uh, Damian Williams did opt out, and Daryl Williams is the guy who had the pass go through his hands um, when Mahomes passed it to him and hit off his face mask. So, sorry about that in advance. I was trying to take a cheap shot at OU, and instead it it backfired on me and uh, clearly makes me look like an idiot. So, you know, it, we'll we'll move on here a little bit. But um, I do have one one last thing here about the Super Bowl is that do you know what? City, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their Super Bowl in 03, the last time they won the Super Bowl. The last time they won their Super Bowl. Yep. As uh, I'm going to go with San Diego. I'm going to go with. Yeah. Yeah. City where I actually got to meet Wayne Verrett himself. So, anyways. There it is. Uh, <laughs> thought, thought I'd bring that one up here as, uh, as I can. So, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the offseason talk a little bit. Yeah. So, the offseason is officially underway. And it's already filled with a bunch of drama and talk. And I mean, it's just, it's going to be an offseason, I feel like, unlike any other. Um, first of all, just to jump off that, you know, the date you really want to look at is going to be the NFL draft, right? The NFL draft is going to be in Vegas again this year. Um, I, I'm going to pull up the date here real quick, but. Are we going? Um, we going, Wayne? We, we should. I mean, we absolutely should. It's uh, April 29th is when it starts. Um, I might I might be able to find a way out there, but, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, they are going to have fans this year, right? Last year they weren't able to because of COVID. Uh, things may change. I mean, you don't know. Uh, I know Vegas is lifting restrictions on gatherings now. I think you can have up to 300 people starting this week. Um in like one group setting. So that's positive news. It's only trending up and we're only in February. Um, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. If I ask you today, who are they drafting number one overall, Calvin? Who are they taking? You gotta take Trevor Lawrence. Jaguars have to take him. They have to take him yes. or they have to or they have to take him. And the reason why I say they can't even trade that pick for whoever quarterback you may think of is because, all right, let's say you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you trade that number one overall pick for Deshaun Watson, right? Let's say Deshaun Watson waves a no-trade clause. He says, you know what, I'll go to Jacksonville. Screw it. I'm all in. And the Jaguars go ahead and get him. Well, then they're already paying their quarterback so much money because Deshaun Watson's contract for five years hasn't even kicked in yet until the start of this season, and it puts them at a, just a bad timetable, to be honest. So Jaguars have to take Trevor Lawrence. Have to take him. Not a question at all. And uh, keep it moving. Well, it's interesting you say that. There's a bunch of, there was like 10 teams today at his pro day. So, I mean, somebody's having conversations with him or, you know, vice versa. So, something this, to keep an eye on. Well, and this this reminds me whenever I was like working on Oklahoma State uh, pro days, 
whenever you have the the Steelers and the Colts. And then you also had um, yeah, you had the Steelers, the Colts, the Chiefs, and the Dallas Cowboys all attend Mason Rudolph's Pro Day, you know, the Oklahoma State quarterback. And the reason why I throw this out there is because, well, at the time, the Chiefs already had drafted Patrick Mahomes. It's already on, it's already, it's already on the roster. So they already had, I think they still had Alex Smith at the time of, this, of Rudolph's Pro Day. Maybe they, maybe they'd already moved on from Alex Smith. So that was odd. All right, so you're coming to scout a backup quarterback, you know, but it's close. It's, you know, it's close to the city. Um, the Colts was a weird one because, okay, I mean, they're going to take Rudolph, but maybe, who knows? Who knows? Their quarterback situation was definitely up in the air because they had Jacoby Brissett that year. And then, of course, the Cowboys was just odd because they had Dak Prescott and they have Dak Prescott, you know. So, anyways, um, I'm go ahead here, though, because I guess a team could always just go, you know what, we're going to mortgage our entire three years straight for get Trevor Lawrence and see if the Jaguars will bite, right? Wait, I'm sorry. The Jaguars have to get Trevor Lawrence, which you say, correct? Right, right. I'm just saying, like, when another, when, like, when you have nine other teams go to a team's pro day, right? Whenever they, you know, they theoretically it's just written in stone that the Jaguars are going to take right. Trevor Lawrence. You go, well, right. maybe you go, well, maybe, maybe one of these nine other teams goes, Hey, you know what? I was talking about the pro day. We, we don't care about Joe Burrow anymore. You know what? Screw We're, we're going to trade our pick this year, the next two years, whatever, you know, for the, I'm just making up a scenario and we're going to just, take yeah, Trevor yeah, Lawrence. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So you never know, but, uh, but yeah, they have to take him. I have to take Lawrence. Well, that's my whole thing behind the, the, the you know, almost curiosity behind it with those 10 teams. Now, the Eagles were actually one of them, which is funny to me, and we'll get to that in a second. But it's it, Jacksonville is a team that, if you were to pick one team in the NFL that would trade the number one overall pick, who would it be? Like, you would probably say Jacksonville. Like, that's, it has Jacksonville written all over it, right? Like, instead of just taking the surefire thing, oh, well, I can get, you know, Deshaun Watson and like four first round picks, or I can get Carson Wentz and J or Jalen Hurts and four first round picks and a second round pick, you know, like that's just something that they would do because I feel like their fan base is really not built up. Like the bigger cities, like for instance, like number two, like the jets, a big fan base, you know, and you get the Cincinnati at three is not as big, but then you get the, what were we at pick four Atlanta. That's a big fan base. So it's like those teams are like the intriguing ones because they're also looking at a new quarterback. And then you get down to five and then six. And like I said, six is the Eagles. Like, so it's like you can really figure out which teams are there. Like you know which ones are in attendance. Yeah, and, like, and you always wonder if maybe, you know, you, know, you throw out the huge what-ifs, right? But what in the world would be the – the worst case scenario for for a team if they go, oh my gosh, wait a second, Urban Meyer took Justin Fields. Wait, what the you know? And no one ever sees it coming. You know, never ever really happens or whatever. Or the Jaguars take like a tackle for some. You know what I mean? Just some some absolutely just weirdest thing possible. And so then you go, so oh, think, now we can draft Trevor Lawrence. So I think that the uh, the I think they're waiting. I think that's their. I, I think the Jaguars realistically overall, Urban Meyer once. Um. The Ohio State quarterback. I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Justin, um, we just yeah, said it. He wants Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. There you go. Yeah. I, I think that he actually wants him, but I think he wants to see what the Jets come back to. Because the Jets really want Trevor Lawrence, right? Like that was their whole game plan to tank and get him. Like and they won the last two games and then they fired the coach. And it was just like, all right, they're in their situation now. So I just want to see it's almost like a game of chess. Like who's gonna pull the first move? Because like the Jets come back and say, Hey, we'll give you our pick this year, next year, and the year after that. And we'll throw in Darnold. Then I, I think that realistically, I think they say yeah, right? I mean, because you're going to get your guy, they're going to get their guy. You're going to get a quarterback that, if Justin Fields doesn't work out, you have another guy to back up. But at the same time, it's like you don't know what type of offers are coming in at the table. Like we've seen some crazy draft trades in our lifetime. Um, I think the Ricky Williams one was the uh, the craziest one we've seen, but. I mean, yeah, he's going to go. Trevor Lawrence is going to go one. We actually had somebody this week place a $50,000 bet on him to go number one overall, which is funny um, because, like, the odds are, like, really bad on that. And right, what they get back, like, you know. So you get to the Jets at two, right? They're probably going quarterback. If they don't get a quarterback, well, I mean, they're going to go quarterback, right? They're going to go Justin Fields or O-lineman, right? So, all right, not to get sidetracked, but that's the draft day that everyone's looking at, right? Trevor Lawrence. 
as a Cowboys fan, I don't know much about their draft. What's uh, what's going on in Cowboy land? Like, where are they looking to pick? I think the Dallas Cowboys have just a huge question on defense at this point. The offensive guys, you've got the wide receivers, you've got the running backs, supposedly, at the future. If not, Tony Pollard looks good, too. So you have to just go defense. You have to go corner. I think the other guy lined up a... I think the hope right now is Trayvon Diggs is okay and decent, and you have a, a you know top ten draft pick, you know on the other side of him that's able to just take it. You know, Patrick Sertain, I think is how you say his name. Um, would love to see him picked, and I honestly would just love a corner to be picked because at the end of the day, that seems like all right if you've got it, your Jalen Ramsey's or your you know I mean I'm blanking on their names here, but Patrick Peterson's, whoever else it is, you go okay now you can start focusing on you know more of the linebacker or defensive line whatever it is, but honestly if the Dallas Cowboys are are really on top of it and really really with it, which I I think they could be I'm not saying they are but I think they could be, you go out and you go hey. JJ Watt, we'll go ahead and sign you for name your price, and we'll we'll draft a top corner in the draft, and we'll draft a linebacker with our second round pick as well, and then the third through seventh are all linemen or whatever you want to do, because it looks like we need more of those as well too, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that the NFC East needs. <laughs> like, no one's really that good. I mean you look at Washington and I mean, they just need a quarterback. Like you talked about earlier, they signed Taylor Heineke or Heineke, or you say it right uh, to a two year, two year deal, really cheap deal. So like, if he works out, like, wow, that's awesome. Like two years, 8 million. Um, that still gives them flexibility that they can go out and get somebody. I'm looking at the mock draft here. It actually has, uh, this was four days ago, Patrick Sertain going six to the Eagles. And then uh, the Cowboys taking Gregory Rosso an edge rusher out of Miami. Um, at pick 10. And then I, I can tell this person was a Giants fan because Devontae Smith goes at pick 11, right? So because mm. he's not going to fall that far. Yeah, um, yeah, there's no way. But the draft is definitely going to be interesting for sure uh, because you also don't know where a lot of teams are going to, you know, end up, right? I mean, right now, like, I'll bring up the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we'll dive right into that. Um, I mean, wow. How long have we been saying that Carson Wentz is going to be traded? It's been, what? We're on day, what, eight, nine, ten now, maybe? And it feels like day it, 88 at this point with talking about yeah, during the season and like, all type of stuff, too. Right. And they, you know, it's been about day eight or nine, I would say, right now, that they said he's going to be traded in the next couple days. That is imminent. And the Eagles said they had plenty of good offers on the table, right? And just to give you some background, anytime a report comes out like that, about the Eagles, it's Howie Roseman, the general manager, you know, blowing smoke up the butts, you know, of the, all the reporters, like just trying to really find somebody to overpay a little bit. Um, now over the weekend, it was, you know, the, the rumor was the bears and the uh, Colts were the finalists for him really. And Carson Wentz prefers to go to the Colts. And there's been a lot of talk. Well, he wants to go to the Colts. Just trade him there. Well, it doesn't matter where he wants to go. He doesn't have a no trade clause. You know, it's like wherever they're going to get the best deal, that's where he's going to go. Yeah, I, the don't, Bears I actually... don't get that aspect of it. I got to be honest. We talked about previously here about how the, the Lions wanted to make good with Matt Stafford, but that's because they had not made good with the two other premier players in their organization. Barry Sanders going several years back and Calvin Johnson as of a couple years back. So they wanted to have Matt Stafford trades with team he wants to go to to maintain good relationships with players whatsoever. But that's because of a weird player operation thing. That's not the, the Eagles don't have that same thing. You trade cards once for how much you, you can get from him in return. Period. Right. So then now we get to my next point. They say the Bears and the Colts are the the finalists. Then a rumor comes out that Nick Foles, a first round pick, and Tyreek uh, Cohen is the offer for Carson Wentz. And I'm over. Everyone's going. Oh, you have what we call here, the Knicks Foles fans in Philadelphia are called the Folesian empire. These are the most annoying fans that honestly, anytime that Wentz did anything wrong, they were just like, Oh no, no, Nick Foles would have never, Nick Foles would have never. He's just, he's not that good. He's like, terrible, terrible. Not good. Not good. Not good. Like, they're all like, this is great. He's going to come back. And, like we just need to like, as an Eagles fan and like, just put it in the hindsight, like we have a new coaching staff. You just need to move on. You need to let go. That was three years ago. Everyone's basically out the door. Zach Ertz is going to be out the door soon as well. Like we can't keep going back to that. And that's like a, a very common theme in Philadelphia is 
They keep bringing back these guys that left the team when they're past their prime. But apparently that's not a realistic trade option, uh, the Nick Foles thing. So um, I'm kind of relieved with that. Uh, the best offer that's heard right now, and it's really not that good of an offer. I'm going to tell you right now, this is all being reported today. There's two seconds and a future third or fourth. That's the best offer they got. Now, where that came from, I don't know. But that if that's the best offer, and, I, and I'll ask you this as an outsider too. Like, you know who Carson Wentz is. And he had one down year, right? And I'm sure you're looking at it as like from a wholesome perspective, just like I am. You know, I hate when the fans is, you know, zoom in on one year and say he'll never be as good as again. That was my Mahomes joke earlier. For two seconds and a third, would you actually do it? And I'll give you my answer in a second, and I'll tell you why. I would not. I would try to trade Jalen Hurts for two seconds and a third because, or whatever you get Jalen Hurts for because at the end of the day, listen, Carson Wentz may not have looked great last year, but Jalen Rieger was never like the wide receiver in the Big 12. He was never the wide receiver. He He's always been a good wide receiver in the Big 12. He's a solid guy at TCU, but Carson Wentz was thrown to him last year. Him and some really banged up tight ends every other week. You've got to get the guy some help to just really see how good he is. You've got to get him not just some offensive line help, but you've really just got to get him some other playmakers on that team. I mean, the Eagles, you know, when I see um, the NFL.com's mock draft has the Eagles taking Patrick Sertain, which, you know what, I'm sure the Eagles probably need help on corner more than I realize, but I really think the Eagles just should have should take a wide receiver. I mean, should take a wide receiver. Take some pass catchers. Take Take some guys who can help out. That way you can see how good Carson Wentz is and you can play a little bit longer with him because, to be honest, you're not going to get a return, good return for Carson Wentz because his contract versus how good he is doesn't equate. But this is a guy in my mind where during one of the Cowboys' you know, up and down seasons over the past couple of years, this dude was runner-up for the MVP. Like, not that long ago, you know? I mean, you got to see if you can reinvigorate that, you know, MVP era with him, right? It wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how Carson Wentz just needs to stay healthy and, you know, get back to his MVP self. Just give him a little bit more time. How old? I mean, he's not older than you or I, right? He's not 27. So give him uh, some he's time. And, he's, like, he's like 28, 29, I think. He is? Okay, but well. still. But, but still, he's not. I, I guess at the end of the day, my, my, my biggest point is here. You know he's around he's around our age you know twenty twenty eight twenty nine or whatever is just right around my age here, and I'm not trading a guy where I go yeah you know what this guy led us to the Super Bowl like he led it like yeah, okay you know, listen Nick Foles look Nick Foles in the Super Bowl you know and Nick Foles in the you know in the journey in the playoffs but that that's just kind of a an oddity maybe or, or a one time thing or kind of a fluky thing with Nick Foles, it's literally the only time Nick Foles has been just dependably great is during that stretch. And we're talking about a six-game stretch. We're not talking the whole season or two or three. So see if Carson Wentz can get back to that. You know, why not? Why couldn't he? Right, and I'm on the same exact page as you. And I just, I hate that this, it's gotten to the point where the media is really controlling, you know, the, the, how this guy's getting pushed out the door and everything. Like, Listen, I understand silence speaks volumes. I get that whole philosophy, right? But he's never actually came out and said, I want out, like Sean Watson did, you know? And I don't know if that's a part of his plan. I don't know if he's just, like, clearing his head. But another thing that came out over the weekend is, like, Carson Wentz is on good terms with everybody in the organization. But, but, Howie Roseman. So, what's that tell you? Did they fire Doug, maybe, because he wanted to go back to Carson? Or did they fire Doug because Howie Roseman wanted to go to Jalen Hurts, who Howie Roseman said last year that Jalen Hurts reminded him of missing out on Russell Wilson back in 2013. He was there for the taking, and they thought they were going to get him, and then someone jumped in front of him and took him. And He didn't want that to happen again. That's why he drafted him in the second round. So it makes you think a little bit because there's a lot going on behind closed doors, right? And honestly, I'm, the drama is just so ridiculous. Like I, I love listening to sports radio, and I can't turn it on because it's the same thing every single – it's like Groundhog's Day. That's what it is. It's like Groundhog Day. It's, a, it's a, like the movie. 
every day is the same day. It's like, you got to like talk about something else. Um, but enough about the Eagles. Obviously you don't want to make this like an Eagle podcast. The quarterback carousel in the NFL is getting insane. Now, just this week, Russell Wilson came out and said, he's not happy with the organization where they're at Seattle. And another report came out today that it's their relationship is unsustainable. So that's like red flags over there. And like, there's so many quarterbacks available, Calvin. And now I'm going to bring this back a little bit to the Eagles real quick and then swing it back to you. There's so many quarterbacks available that, like, why would you trade for Carson Wentz if you can get Russell Wilson? Why would you trade for Carson Wentz if you can just throw money at Dak Prescott? Why would you trade for Carson Wentz when you can probably get Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota, who are made available this week, for a little bit less? I I, I wouldn't. If you can get a guy for a cheaper deal that puts out some more kind of offense, the only reason why I trade for Carson Wentz is because you you really believe in Carson Wentz and you know he's got him for four or five more seasons. That's the only reason why I would. Other than that, no, not a chance. I'm hey, you know what? Cool. I'm gonna go ahead and try to see if we can roll with, you know, whoever it is. Now now Derek Card Marcus Merida, I'll just kinda say right now I'm 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 good. I'm passing. I'm taking Wentz over those two guys easily every day and not even contract dependent. The the other guys though, Russell Wilson. We're we're talking about a, I mean a guy who's won a Super Bowl. Granted, you know I mean it was real real early in his career, and it was when the defense was playing a large part of that team's success. But we've seen Russell Wilson just play incredibly well, you, you know, year in year out. And maybe he needs to change the scenery or whatever he wants to do. Right? I'm not going to tell Russell Wilson how to live his life necessarily. At the same time, I just could not. I cannot believe that we're we're, we're talking about a team where the Eagles are, are going. You know what? Yeah, we got to trade Carson Wentz because Jalen Hurts, our second round pick, who played a couple of good games this season, is who we're going to bet the franchise on for the next five years. That's that's what I don't get. To be honest, Carson Wentz has been in an organization. If you're already just ready to move on, okay. I just I've never. I've understood the Jalen Hurts hype because he beat Oklahoma State because he won a super, you know, almost the Super Bowl. He won the NCAA championship with, um, you know, with the lo and behold, Alabama uh, Crimson Tide. But he's he's also just been okay. He's been okay everywhere he's gone, you know. And I just I still think this. You said it really, really, really well earlier this season when we were doing a podcast, and you said. You know, once once these NFL teams get some scouting tape on Jalen Hurts, he won't be able to play the same. And towards the end of his time this season, you know, starting quarterback, that's exactly what happened. He just wasn't playing that great. And I, I listen, I think he can reinvent himself. I think he'd be a little bit better here or there, whatever it may be, too. And, you know, give teams other stuff they even have to plan for that they didn't plan for this season. But to, to me, Jalen Hurts is not, his ceiling is lower than, Carson Wentz's. That's why I would just try to keep Wentz and and keep it rolling. You know, keep it keep it rolling with him. So you got because you have all this money invested in this guy, right? I mean, you kind of got to see it through at some point. You got to try to trade Wentz in like two, three seasons from now, towards the end of his deal if he's not that great, and kind of move on. You're, you're trading him at almost the worst time to trade Wentz, if that makes sense, contract and value wise. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. Um, listen, if we if the Eagles, I mean, it's about probably fifty-seven percent. I would say they're going to trade him. Fifty-seven, more than half, like yes to no that they're going to. I would say, um, which is probably a lot lower than a lot of people in the city think. Um, I think if they do trade him. I am on the record. I've tweeted this out this past week. If they do trade him, I would rather stick out this year with Jalen Hurts unless I'm getting Trevor Lawrence. That's it. Nobody else do I want a part of, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, under that, 110%. Do not do not take uh, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, whoever the – the latest and greatest, newest, you know, name we want to talk about this year and with your, what, sixth, seventh pick, just because every guy's talking about him. Instead, see what you got, Jalen Hurts, if you're going to go ahead and not have Carson Wentz start the season with you. 
that 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 I think is um, yeah that's that's it's almost too easy for me to just go yeah not a question at all. And as a Cowboys fan, I'd love to see you guys go ahead and say yeah we're gonna take this BYU quarterback who's had one good season, roll with him or Trey Lance or whoever. As a Dallas Cowboys fan, I go <laughs> yeah you know what hey. Hey, I can talk. I can talk the Eagles into taking, you know, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State or whatever. Um, I, I do want to ask you though about the offseason stuff. JJ Watt, as of I think this morning or maybe last night, has been released from the Houston Texans. So not only do the Texans have a quarterback who they have on under contract for five more seasons, saying trade me or else. They now have their best player, the premier player that they've had since, I mean, it seems like since their franchise began, but I know I know J.J. Watt's not been in the league that long. Where, where do you see J.J. Watt going? I'll ask you that first, and then I'll ask you what you think of him wanting to leave the Texans next. Um, Where do I see him going? Where would you I hope? Can... Where would you hope he goes, I guess? I mean, where I hope he goes. Yeah, Eagle. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave the Cowboys out of it since I already said that. And if you want to leave the Eagles out of it or not, it's your choice. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Obviously, the Eagles would be 100% players in that if they had money, but their general manager dig them, dug them a hole so they don't have money to play like that. Um, so it won't be the Eagles. Uh, I can say the Cowboys would be a realistic option. I see that if he doesn't want to leave the state. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be either Pittsburgh or Green Bay. Or the mm. two I'm looking at. Pittsburgh, he can play with his brother. He finally gets a chance to do that. Both of them, actually. I think the fullbacks, um, got yeah, Derek and be- TJ. Yeah, this is the this name of the Watt Steelers now, right? And then the uh, the Packers. So watch out for the Packers this offseason. They, uh, they came out. I don't know if I said this last podcast, but they said they're going to dip into next year's salary cap to, you know, make sure they get players to win now for Rodgers. So... I mean, I could see that being another potential spot. But, again, uh, I'm trying to, like, think of the other. Like, the Cowboys, yeah, I could see them being players in it. Um, But outside of those, I, mean, I guess those would be the three right there, you know? I mean. Yeah, the Cowboys don't have Alden Smith returning because he was just on a one-year deal, so they'll have a little bit of space just on the – on not just only on the roster, but also cap-wise. The – NFL teams with a lot of space is like, you know, Detroit Lions have a lot of space. Um, a lot of cap space, it looks like. Maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I, I I don't know. Is there any chance at all he goes to, like, the Rams? Do the Rams just kind of go, hey, screw it? You know, what we're going to offer him or something? Or I don't know if they, know if they have a ton um, of cap space, a, to be that, honest. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's yeah, that'd be fun, I think, you know, with Aaron Donald. Oh, my gosh, that'd be great. Um. I don't know. I think Pittsburgh, like, if, you had, if you had to put a gun to my head and ask me that, I'd say Pittsburgh, like, let's be completely upfront. Um, I, I think that they already have a step up with both the brothers being there and texting them being like, yo, dude, come play with us. And Pittsburgh's always built around having a good defense. Um, their offensive side of the ball is fine. They just need to run the football. I mean, like I said, I know I'm talking a lot about Leonard Fournette going to Buffalo. Like, don't be surprised if he ends up in Pittsburgh next year. Like, they need a running back. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say Pittsburgh's probably the best spot for him. Well, the uh, the other ones I've heard rumored here is the Colts because they have third most amount of cap space this offseason. The uh, Denver Broncos have sixth most amount of cap space this offseason. And, um, and the Browns. So, dude, Browns and Miles Garrett there too? Holy cow, that would be insane. Um, and heck, you know, if there's if there's a guy who's going to help help the Browns with a PR image, dude, JJ Watt is literally the exemplary football player you want on your team to help you with any type of PR issue, whatever, or overcoming any obstacles you might have off the field. Which the Browns seem to have one every season and haven't had one as of late that I know of. I'm not trying to take a cheap shot at them, but that JJ Watt on the Browns, holy cow, that could just be horrible for every other team in the league. Yeah, it would definitely be a uh, sight to see, put it that way. I mean, I think that – is he necessarily going to win a team of championship? No, but if he goes to a team like Pittsburgh, like that gives him a step up. And if he goes to a team like Green Bay, like that's even better. You know, like I think they only have what, Kenny Clark, right? Is that – or is it Frank Clark? They have Kenny Clark at the uh, in Green Bay, right? And who else is on that line? They have that, um, that Michigan player, Rashawn Gary, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, I forgot about him. Man, it's just uh, 
And you look through here. Jaguars have a ton of cap space. Well, Jets, okay. Well, they're going to spend. Yeah. They already came out yeah. and said they're going to spend. Yeah. They're, both those teams have to spend a ton. But I don't think J.J. I mean, Watt. J.J. Watt's able to. He's been never been a free agent, right? So he's able to decide where he wants to go. I can't think he's going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go to those two teams when he's not not a young dude anymore, at least, right? So Right. And then you have uh, my next guy is Chris Godwin. He's going to be Ooh. a rich man. Yeah, Watt's 31. So he's got a contract or two left. I mean, yeah. I think Godwin's going to end up. I think Godwin's going to end up at the Giants. Man, you're you're right though. I think he will. I think he'll. I think he'll end up on a on a team who. Um. Team. I mean, definitely a team who needs him. He's only twenty four. I did not. I did not remember that at all. Um, I forgot he went to Penn State. But man, yeah, he's. Yeah, it's um. Probably a pretty darn good chance he goes to the Giants or hey, maybe the Eagles, right? Maybe. Let's go get the wide <laughs> nah, receiver free agent. Nah, we don't have any money, man. I yeah, know. The Eagles like they're like seventy million over the cap. The Eagles have to like literally trade players and cut players and oh dude, it's gonna be a mess for the Eagles next year. Which is good for you to hear. Like I'm sure you want to hear that, but Oh, I don't hate know, it at all. But I mean the the, Steel- <laughs> the Steelers are you know, we're talking about JJ Watt going to the Steelers and they're fifteen million over the cap and the Packers are twenty million over the cap. So I'm kinda going, Hey, you know what? We're just you know what I mean? Uh Giants are seven million under the cap or eight million under the cap, whatever. And I know the Steelers will redo their uh Roethlisberg contract, which will help them out a ton. You know, I mean the Roethlisberg already said he's gonna help redo his contract or whatever too. Um, and I, heck, I threw out the Rams, you know, I mean, the Rams, are one of the high teams I said, and they're 25 mil over the cap. So yeah, that's probably not seeing Aaron Donald and JJ Watt line up on the same defense. I'll say it that way for sure too. So, yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that can really, uh, actually make a difference on a lot of these teams. Um, you know, like Joe Thune, um, he's going to be a starter. Hunter Henry's an interesting one. Do you think he stays in with the Chargers? I think the Chargers I think, should try to re-sign him because he can get a team-friendly discount up of stuff, but I don't think he will. I think he'll go. I I could see the Patriots offering him a ton of money, to be honest. They have $68 million in cap space, and is he one of the best tight ends available right now? And the Patriots don't have... I mean, um, I mean they have, the Patriots have their, their pick this year, but it's not, you know, it's not top 10 picks. So they're not going to get the first tight end off the board either, right? Right, exactly, and uh, they're you know they're too far down to get Kyle Pitts. Uh, that's the Florida guy, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I mean, they're, they're saying that, like I said, the Patriots are going to try and get Hunter Henry. So I, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see. At the end of the day, I'm I'm excited for it. I I am too. I am too. Um, well, any anything else we want to touch on here before we end out our kind of Super Bowl recap, NFL offseason start of the podcast, at least. Um, right now, who do you think would win the Super Bowl next year? Oh, what I pick, man. You know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be a dumb pick here. It's very it's a very dumb pick. But at the end of the day, ah, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's hard for me not to pick uh, not to pick Green Bay. Um, I yeah, think, I'm, I think, I'm on the same page as you. I think this offseason, I think they go ahead and go, you know what? We should have drafted a wide receiver last year. We should not have taken Jordan Love. And then they take a wide receiver, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers comes out and wants to prove every single person in the entire world wrong. And they go just ballistic. You know, Rodgers goes, great, I don't care about my MVP, and goes, I just want the ring. And it's done with all disrespect or whatever. Because we saw it, I mean, I kind of ended up coming into this season, it was, oh my gosh, Rodgers is torching everyone. And then one game against the Bucks, they stifle him, and, you know, it kind of ends that. But I'll say it this way, too. Rodgers at least scored touchdowns against against the Buccaneers defense. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes, Mahomes didn't, and if I'm, if I'm betting here, I think the AFC is always a, I think the AFC as a whole is a tougher conference. I think that AFC North, Division isn't isn't the toughest though, and I think the AFC. Um, I'm not trying to say the A- no the AFC. Oh no, I have it right. The AFC the AFC North, excuse me, the AFC North is a very tough division. The NFC North is what I'm getting at here. It's not a tough division, and heck, you know what? The Bears, whatever they end up doing, quarterback, 
they go get Wentz, they go get somebody else, whatever. Lions are clearly rebuilding. Vikings, Kirk Cousins is not proven to be just the world beater of the entire entire world, I guess I should say. Um, even though they do make it pretty darn far into the playoffs when they make it there. But I think Kirk Cousins' best years are probably behind him. So that division seems like Rodgers could kind of stay healthy and keep going through. And then, you know, we can just be talking about instead, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that Rodgers made it back to the Super Bowl. So that's who I'm taking at least. I'm taking Rodgers in Green Bay. What about you? You got the same or close to it? Yeah, I think it's going to be Bucks. I'm sorry, not Bucks. Bills, Packers next year. Yeah, just a flip-flop, yeah. I, 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 I listen, you, you know this. I love Josh Allen. I loved watching him play earlier this season too, but I don't know if he has the same success he did this past year. I think he might just have a little bit, you know, just not, not be as good. And I don't know, maybe they just get better on defense or whatever they need to do to get back to Super Bowl too. But I do like the Bills a lot. I do like the Bills a lot. I like them a lot. So I'll say it that way. Anyways, Wayne, um, thanks so much here for joining me on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast for the NFL Weekly Show. We'll probably be back next week, and Wayne, baseball season's starting up here before too long, so we might just switch over and flip the script and go over to MLB and start talking some, some what, some Phillies, Phillies Padres baseball here? Yeah, uh, I'm all in, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Padres made some offseason moves. Phillies did, too. So we'll be back here just next week, maybe with a special guest or not. We'll figure it out for the MLB show. All right, Wayne, thanks so much for joining, and we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. And while I do end up the show here, please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more, and we'll catch you guys again soon.